Hey family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. Second Kings chapter 7, begin to verse number 3. It says, Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, Why do we sit here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city and we will die there. And if we sit here, we will die also. Now, therefore, come, let us go over into the camp of the Arameans, and if they spare us, we will live, and if they kill us, we will but die. And so they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Arameans, and when they came to the outskirts of the camp, the Arameans, behold, of the Arameans, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Arameans to hear a sound of chariots and a sound of horses. Even the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians, to come up on us. Therefore, they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their donkeys, even the camp just as it was, and fled for their life. And when the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they entered one tent and drank and carried from there silver and gold and clothes and went and hid them. And they returned and entered into another tent and carried from there also and went and hid them. Then they said to one another, what we're doing is not right. This day is a day of good news, but we are keeping silent. If we remain until morning, punishment will overtake us. Now, therefore, let us go and tell the king's household. Amen. Verse number three. Is where I want to draw my subject from. It says, now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why do we sit here until we die? Amen. As you take your seats, do me a favor. Tell your neighbor my subject this morning. I'm done letting it stop me. <clears throat> Amen. I'm done letting it stop me. Uh. This is admittedly uh, a difficult message to preach uh, to church people um, because we major in making declarations, but we minor in making moves. And so as we sit here right now, we have a list of things that we're going to change in 2020. List of things that we're not going to tolerate in the new year. List of people and environments that we're not going to enter into or deal with in 2020. A list of toxic, quote unquote, relationships and places and things that we're going to cut out of our lives. But if we really be honest with ourselves, we sat in the same spot last year. Many of us sat with the same kind of pain, the same kind of relational dysfunction, the same kind of fear, the same kind of issues in our faith, in our family, and in our finances. And we declared 
And we resolved, we made resolutions that 2019 was going to be the best year of our lives. That 2019 was going to be the year that we finally got to the place that God wanted us to get. And now as we sit here with only a few days left in the year, many of us would have to be honest and admit that we have not accomplished everything that we said we would accomplish in 2019. And some of the resolutions are not new resolutions that we're carrying over into 2020, but they're the leftover things that we didn't accomplish in 2019. And many of us, because we're spiritual, because we're churchy, really many of us are religious, so we blame many of the things that we did not accomplish on the devil. We say that we didn't do it because the devil stopped us. We didn't try it because the devil was opposing us. We didn't get it done because the devil was fighting us. When in reality, the reason why many of us do not accomplish what we want to accomplish is not because of the devil. I want to help you. I want to uh, help your theology right now. The devil, beloved, is not omnipresent. Uh, the, the, the devil cannot be everywhere at the same time. The devil does not have the power uh, to be uh, orchestrating conflict in the Middle East and also be in your house orchestrating conflict between you and your husband. Typically, you are not important enough for the devil himself to show up in your house. Typically, you are not strong enough spiritually for the devil to be threatened by you for him to show up personally. But really, the reason why many of us do not accomplish what it is that God wants us to accomplish is not because the devil is in the ring fighting us, but it's because we have not done what we are supposed to do to make God meet us in the place of destiny. God, help me. See, you got to understand, God does not need your help to do anything in the earth. But if you want him to use you, then he requires your obedience and your participation. And the only way that you'll be able to walk into God's destiny, God's will for your life, is if you abandon fear and stop letting it hold you hostage and walk into the place that God wants you to be. You have to decide then that 2020 is not going to be like 2019, not because I'm starting the year with consecration, not because. Uh, I'm picking a different church not because I'm doing all of these different things 2020 is going to be different because I'm done letting fear stop me from getting to the place where God wants me to be y'all ain't gonna say amen see some of us are paralyzed by fear some of us are in toxic relationships because of fear some of us are in toxic environments and won't walk away from certain people because we're scared of what will happen if we actually do what it is that God has called us to do we might be lonely if we trust God we might be hurt if we trust God we might find out that some of the friends we thought we had were not as supportive as we thought they were if we trust in God but in 2020 beloved you got to understand that God is calling you to a place where you forsake the spirit of fear and pick up your faith in God and decide that if I die I'm not gonna die here I'm gonna die in the place where God has called me to be I'm done letting it stop me this year. And whether you know it or not, beloved, this is the lesson uh, that is, per, that is uh, posed for us in this particular passage of scripture because the Bible introduces us now uh, to four lepers. And these four lepers, beloved, 
are living in an age of famine because the Bible tells us uh, that the prophet Elisha, the successor to Elijah, has declared a famine in the land. And he is just now at the top of chapter 7, prophesied and said that by this time tomorrow, the famine is going to be over. But even though he's given them a word, it does not look like, God help me, the famine is getting ready to be over. The famine is so severe, uh, beloved, that, that people are not uh, just eating animals. They're eating animal excrement. They're eating uh, animal vomit. They're, they're boiling children and eating them because they're so hungry. Two mothers uh, have the deal. Hey, you boil your newborn today uh, and we'll eat it today and then we'll boil mine tomorrow. But then when the other mother came and said, okay, it's time to boil your baby, the other mother couldn't be found. And there were court cases going on in Israel because people were hungry. The ec economic structure was all jacked up and the reason for that was is because there was an army called the Aramean army that had laid siege to Israel. Let me help you understand. When an army lays siege to a city, they surround the gates so that no food can get in and no people can get out. And what they're hoping to do is starve the people in the city until the king gives up and surrenders. And so the Bible says that this army is on the outskirts of the city, preventing any aid from getting in and preventing anybody from getting out to get aid. And in the middle between the army and the city, the Bible tells us that there was a colony of lepers where these people who had this deadly and infectious skin disease had to live during the famine. They had to live there because leprosy made you unclean. So you couldn't come in contact with anybody. You couldn't see your family. Couldn't nobody come check on you or else they too would be made unclean. And the lepers were living in the middle of the army and the city. And they were living there also enduring the famine. God help me, you missed it. Uh, I said that the lepers, men who had a deadly disease, were living in the midst of the famine. God help me, let me say it again. Y'all didn't get it, I only got a little bit of time. Uh, the lepers, men who had a deadly disease, a disease that often ended in death, on top of the fact that there was a famine and there were no food. The lepers were sick, God help me, but they were living, God help me. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but God told me to preach to some people at the end of 2019 who are sick, but you still have life, God help me. You're sick and tired of your relationship, but you're still alive. You're sick and tired of your job, but you're still alive. You're sick and tired of your income and your bank account and your credit report, but you're still alive. And God said, as long as you got life, I still got time to make a change. Let me help somebody. You're excited about 2020, but you don't realize that we're still in 2019, which means that God still has time to work a miracle for you before the year is out. I wish somebody would get excited about the fact that I'm hurting, but I'm still here. I'm hurt, but I'm still alive. I'm sick, but I showed up in the sanctuary, saved and in my right mind. God said, I still got time. Oh, so the lepers, God help me, the lepers were in the midst of the city, in between the army and the walls of Israel. I got to go. Uh, and the Bible says that the lepers begin to have a conversation with each other. God help me. Oh, God. And it is in the midst then of this conversation that I draw then principles for why we can't let fear stop us in 2020. 
Uh, first of all, there are some things I want you to notice about the lepers. First of all, notice the lepers' desperation. Everybody say desperation. Yeah, the, the lepers are in a situation where if they go back into the city, they could either die of famine or be executed for breaking ceremonial law. If they go forward, they could either find peace in the Aramaeans' camp. Because the Aramaeans did not share the same laws about leprosy as the Israelites did. So they could either be welcomed as lepers or killed because they were Israelites. Or they could stay where they are and die of starvation. Either choice presented the reality of death. They are now in a desperate situation, beloved. Because no matter where they go, there is a chance that they could die. And I want you to understand that sometimes God allows us to reach situations of desperation. Because desperation is often a sign that something in our lives has to change. God help me. See, some of us don't want to be desperate. Because some of us are afraid to make a change. But sometimes God forces your job to let you go. He forces that person to walk away from you. He forces that opportunity to dry up so that you have no choice but to bust a move. You have no choice but to get up from where you are and make a different decision. And God told me to tell you, stop looking at your season of desperation as a sign that God is through with you. But look for where God wants you to go next. If the brook is dried up, Elijah, that means he's getting ready to provide for you in another place. God will not start of his children. If he lets one source of provision dry up, then another one is coming. If one relationship walks away, then another one is coming. If one opportunity closes, one door is slammed in your face, then another one's going to open somewhere. Desperation is a sign for the believer that something's got to change. Oh Lord, he says, first of all, we notice the less lepers desperation. We understand that desperation is a sign that God wants you to make a change. But then uh, we notice the leper's decision. Everybody say decision. Oh, in verse 4, uh, they make a decision. Verse 3, they say, look here. If death is the only option we got, why are we going to sit here until we die? God help me. Uh, if I'm going to go out, I'm not going to go out scared. I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. I'm, I'm just using my, my sanctified imagination. I, I, I hear the lepers talking to one another. I hear, I hear them speaking to one another, asking the question, if death is the only option, then why are we going to sit here until we die? The lepers then have an option. They say, okay, we can't sit still, but we can go back. But then they talk to each other again. They said, oh, no. They had their chance to help us. And they sent us out here. God, help me. They had their chance to have mercy on us and to take part, to, to participate in our deliverance and in our blessing. But they chose not to help us and to ostracize us and to send us out here. And that's a lesson for you in this new year. When God gives you a choice to go forward or go back, when you look back, you need to remember why you are where you are in the first place. The leper said there's no point in us going back to the people that pushed us out here in the first place. And some of y'all are going to be single in 2020. 
2020. You're going to need new friends in 2020. And people are going to be texting you. They're going to be inboxing you. They're going to be vying for your attention. But there are people from the past, not people from the future. God said you got to let the past be the past. God help me. You got to let people that hurt you stay in the past. And the lepers decided we're not going back, but we're going to move forward. Oh, Lord, that, yeah, yeah, they, they said, they said, look, if, if I'm going to die, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die in the place of faith, not in the place of fear. God, help me. See, see, too many Christians, too many people who say that they believe in Jesus are, are trying to play it safe. God, help me. You want to have faith with a backup plan. See, you, you want to jump out of the plane of faith with a parachute. But God says, ain't no parachute. You don't, you don't need me to catch you if you got a parachute on. You don't need me to help you if you got a backup plan. And see, that's why many of us can't see miracles happen in our lives. It's not that God has lost its power, but miracle faith. Faith is faith that says God is my only hope. So you got faith plus a doctor's regimen. Then go to the doctor. God said he can heal you that way. You got faith plus a backup plan. Work your backup plan. You don't need miracle financial break, breakthrough if you got a backup plan. God said if you want to have faith and something, choose the and something and I'll reward the sweat of your labor. But if you want to see a miracle in 2020, you got to get to the place where you say I'm, I, God is my only hope. If he don't help me, I'm going to die. If he don't provide, my rent won't get paid. If he don't fix it it won't get fixed if you don't save them they won't be saved I don't have it in me to help God I can't assist God in any kind of way I gotta move forward to the place of faith and if I perish let me perish but I'm gonna perish going to see the king yeah uh, I got to quit he says the lepers made a decision yeah uh, I I'm tired of living in stagnation. I'm tired of living in the place where I'm wondering whether or not God gonna make a way for me tomorrow. I'm tired of looking at the same surroundings. I'm tired of living in this leper colony. Not only am I sick, but I'm tired of spending all my time around sick folk. God help me. Oh, God, see, see, some of you don't need deliverance because you're sick, but some of you got it in your mind that it's more holy for you to hang out around sick people like you're helping them or like you're ministering to them or like you're going to save them some kind of way. The only person that can save them is Jesus Christ. You can't help no toxic person get better. God has to do that. And some of you need to deliver yourself from living in the leper colonies of families that's jacked up, living in the leper colonies of jobs that have a dead end, living in the leper colonies of churches that ain't going no place. You got to get up from where you are and say not only am I tired of being sick but I'm tired of hanging out around sick folk I got to quit so it says notice the leper's desperation but then we notice the leper's decision but then thirdly we notice God's divine action because the Bible says that after the leper's desperation led them to make a declaration that we're not going to sit here until we die. That while they were making the declaration, God was already working on their behalf. It does not say uh, that while they were on their way there, that God uh, scared the army away. Doesn't say that while they were making their decision, 
God had scared the army away. But the text says at twilight, God help me, at the first light of the day, God help me, uh, that God scared the army away. So that by the time the lepers got there in the middle of the day, there was no sign of the enemy there. Oh God, I wish I wish I could preach this. I wish I was a better preacher. I really do. Because if I was a better preacher, I would help you understand that God does not have to move stuff for you after you decide to obey him. But what he does is he makes the way before you decide to obey him. So that when you step out there, you'll see that the thing that you were afraid of wasn't really anything for you to be afraid of at all. Because God had already moved it. God help me. Let me preach to somebody that is worn out by stress that you you ain't even had to meet yet. You're worn down by anxiety that you ain't even had to face yet. You're tired from struggles that you ain't even had to fight through yet. God said, don't worry about the struggle. Just worry about your yes, because your responsibility is not the struggle. I'm here to fight all of your battles. Your responsibility is to say yes. And if you say yes, God help me. I'll fight every battle in your life. If you say yes, God help me. David says, when a man's ways please the Lord, He'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him. God said, all you got to do is give me a yes and I'll clear out the camp. I'll fight every battle. I'll go to work on your behalf. When you get there, you'll see that the battle is already won. Oh, God. He says, the battle is already won. Why? Why? Why, Pastor, is the battle already won? The battle is already won, number one, so that you can remember that you ain't had nothing to do with the victory. God, help me. Uh, uh, God didn't even let you show up and see how the battle got won because he didn't want you trying to make up an excuse or a reason as to how it got fixed. God said, I want you to show up and it be fixed so that you won't have to take credit for anything that happened here. But not only does God fight the battle before they get there because he doesn't want them to be able to take the credit, God fights the battle hear me I want to give this to you prophetically listen to me good God is fighting the battle before you get to 2020 because he wants you to know that your only responsibility is to follow and trust him you ain't got to fight no enemies in 2020 you don't have to fight any giants in 2020 God says I'll fight every one of your battles I'll make your enemies leave you alone I'll make the darkness light before you all that's wrong I'll make it right before you every battle I'll fight before you and the high place I'm going to bring it down I wish I had a church in here is there anybody that's excited about the fact that God is fighting in 2020 and let me tell you something about the omniscient omnipresence omnipotence of God God is so big and so great that he can fight for you in 2020 while you're still living the last days of 2019 you're in December of 2019 but the word for you is that God has already gone before you you're in December but God is in January fighting for you at tax time God is in February fighting for you in loneliness during relationships God is in March fighting for you in the springtime God is in April providing you cover from the April showers God is in May raising up May flowers you're in December but God is in June being cool air in the summer God is in July being refuge 
refuge from your toxic family during your family reunion. God is in August getting your children ready to go back to school. God is in September protecting you in the fall of the year. God is in October while you're still here in December fighting every battle that you're going to have to fight in the fall. Fighting for you in November at Thanksgiving and he's already getting you ready to sing joy to the world all over again in December 2020. While you're here God is fighting on your behalf. Uh, I wish I felt like it. I, I really do. Uh, he's fighting for you. I got to quit now. I notice then. You have to notice. He says, notice the leper's desperation. Then he says, notice the leper's decision. Uh, he then says, notice God's divine action. Uh, but then lastly, you've got to notice the leper's declaration. Uh, the lepers in verse 9 have gotten rich overnight. I don't have time to stay there. Uh, but there's somebody who's trying to work a plan uh, to make your finances better, to improve your credit and to increase your financial standing. God says, all I need you to do is trust me because I can flip your situation overnight. The lepers went from being broke at midday to being rich in the afternoon. God said, I can change your situation, but, 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 but when their situation changes, uh, notice they make a declaration. They say, look, what we're doing is not good. Woo! You wasn't paying attention at the beginning of the message. They said we need to be a blessing to Israel. But hold up. Israel is the reason you are out here in the first place. God help me. Uh, but they say when God blesses us, woo, we got a responsibility to be a blessing to everybody connected to us, even if they hurt us. God, help me. Can I tell you, if you're spiritually mature, you're spiritually mature when you're able to bless folk that cursed you with the stuff that God blessed you with after they cursed you. God, help me. Uh, you're, 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 you're mature when you're able to help somebody with the help that God gives you when they're the reason why you needed help in the first place. God, help me. And you're not holding a grudge against them. You're not rubbing it in their face. And it doesn't say that the lepers went back trying to restart relationship. They said, look, God gave me something. You need something. I'm going to bless you with what you need, but stay away from me. God bless you. Uh, you'll catch that on Monday. Somebody needs to understand that just because I got to be a blessing to you, that does not give you the position that you once held in my life. Just because I'm blessing my enemies and praying for those that despitefully use me, that doesn't give you access back to my inner circle. You, you revoke that opportunity, but because I answer to a higher power instead of reality, reality TV and instead of culture and instead of clap back and cancel culture, I, I respond to a cultural principle 
that says bless those that curse you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. And God says you're not ready to be blessed until you can be a blessing. Not just to those who have been a blessing to you because even the sinners do that. He said but you're ready to be blessed when you can look at somebody who hurts you and see that they have a need and still meet it. And God told me to tell you that that is the principle that you need to take into 2020. If you want God to make you a blessing. Oh God see some of y'all are so juvenile and infantile in your faith that you're still asking God to bless you. But that's not what God said I want to do. Genesis 10 says I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. God help me. I don't want to be blessed. I want God to make me a blessing. I don't want to have to give folks stuff. I want to just show up in my presence be a blessing. That miracles happen when my shadow hits folk. That when the glory comes through me that people are touched. God says if you want me to make you a blessing in 2020 I need to know that you're going to be able to share. God help me. And share it with the people that hurt you. God help me. Oh God and that's why some of us have not moved. Because we understand that the requirement of God when we're blessed is so great. We're afraid of what God requires of us if he elevates us. So many of us have run from elevation and from promotion and from the next phase in our walk with God because we're afraid of what that next level requires of us. But you got to understand that God knew how trifling you were when he chose you for elevation. He knew how inadequate you were when he wrote your name in the book. He knew that you didn't have it all together when he laid his hand on you. All he wants you to do is realize that you are weak but he is mighty. He wants you to realize that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. And I want to prophesy to somebody that if you don't let it stop you, God says I won't let anything stop you. If you don't let fear block you, then I'm going to handle every relationship, every problem, every ounce of stress, every piece of anxiety. Look at somebody and say neighbor, I don't care what it is. Don't die in this spot. God help me. Or look at somebody else and say neighbor, don't die here. God wants to bring you to another place. God wants to take you higher. God wants to lift you up. But you got to decide that I'm not going to die here. Oh God, is there anybody here that has a praise in their spirit that can testify that I'm not going to die here. I'm not going to let my enemies see me die in this place.